no one's really at home. That school bus to go up to Front Royal, like, is probably... Well, okay. But maybe that's a bonding thing. I don't know. <laughs> that's so not a you thing to say. I know. <laughs> Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. With me is Leela McRae. And folks, we like to rant. And <laughs> usually it's me and Leland is the calm, soothing voice of tranquility. Uh, I know Leland is a little hot on one of these topics as well. So it should be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, I've got a couple topics that I'm going to be hot about. And I'm sure Leland is going to join me on one of them. I'll go ahead and tee it up for Leland to go first here. The ACC projections came out uh, this today. Uh, and then uh, we saw a surprise at the top of the Coastal. No, it wasn't Virginia Tech. They're number three. And that's it was, fine. That's it was fine. a team that's who fine. has not been to the ACC championship game ever. It was the It's the only team in the Coastal to never win the Coastal. And it's a team that hasn't beaten Virginia Tech in 15 years. Take it away, Leland. It's also the team that's only been picked to win the ACC one time, and that was 1990 when they didn't beat Tech and they didn't win the ACC. Uh, so anyway, I just don't get it. I don't understand how it happened. I know I'm usually like the level head, but like I saw the poll today and I'm like, what have they done? Like what has UVA accomplished? What have they done? What have they actively achieved to make you think that they're going to win that side? Now, if you looked at the votes and saw that it was just, hey, they were in the top three, so they got the most points, so they're the first place team, I would start to get it because I think UVA will be a decent enough ball team this year. I think they'll win bowl, they'll they'll win enough games to go to a bowl game. So like I get them getting enough votes in the top four on the coastal and being high in the rankings. But to get as many first place votes, like what have they done to get 82 of the 173 media votes? They didn't close out strong last year. They laid an egg in Blacksburg. That was an embarrassing loss to a team if you think you're any good because Tech was not good. That was a team fighting for their bowl lives. You came in there and just let Tech take off. Then you did fight back, but then you just fumbled the ball, the game away at the end. So that was not a good showing. Bowl game was a little bit of a bigger step, but that should be momentum for the players and the team, not the media. What is the why does the media care about that momentum? That should be those guys working hard. And if you're factoring that into this vote, well, let's look at talent. Like I could argue any one of these other teams, probably more so on talent, including North Carolina, probably Boston College, who I've both dismissed. Well, Boston recently. College is in the Boston other College division. on the other side. Yeah. Boston College on the other side. But still, North Carolina, there's other teams. Miami. Heck, Heck, and Miami's the obvious one. I mean, talent-wise, I don't I don't see where they're that far ahead of us. Maybe better at quarterback, but I'll take us pretty much everywhere else. Even on the defensive side of the ball where they're hating their hat this year, I mean, they're losing – they lost Thornhill. They lost the face of their defense. They still have a good defensive end, but I just am not seeing it. They're not DBU. Just because Barber writes an article saying they're DBU doesn't make them DBU. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make their defense just unpenetrable. I, I just don't understand – what they have done. What has Bronco done? He's in his fourth year. He has an overall losing record. I mean, you trash Fuente week in, week out. Fuente has a winning record, and I don't care whose players he's playing with. Bronco had good players ahead of him, too. Uh, UVA always recruits well. They always recruit well. They get top guys. They put guys in the NFL. They just don't do anything with it, and they haven't recently either. I don't understand what they've done. They've won basketball games. They finally won in a sport that matters on the national level. I get that. But Tony Bennett's not coaching the defense. So I don't understand how that's going to benefit them in any way. I know I'm biased. I just don't see what other, uh, what the other 82 people in the media, not other, the 82 real people in the media, I don't see what they smell with this team that I can't catch a whiff of. I just, I don't get what they've accomplished. I, I mean, I put them at third best. I'm easily putting Miami ahead of them I, because I'm biased. I'm putting us ahead of them, but I could also understand an argument that you'd have UNC in front of them. I do think Georgia Tech's going to be terrible this year, so I, I wouldn't put them in front of them. I just, I just don't see what they've done. I don't see what they've accomplished to make you think they're going to do this. And as much as I hate Miami, how like they have a new coach, they have some a new fire, they have a little momentum. They have the swagger that they always talk about Miami, and they have talent. 
that's probably the most talented team in the Coastal. And I, I just don't get what UVA has done to put them up in front of them. I mean, it's put up or shut up time. I, I'll say that. I mean, that's uh, like, if you think you're that good, then you're going to have to go do it. And I think if you're a UVA fan, if this was if this was Virginia Tech being ranked first right now, I'd be like, hey, we got to go do it now. We got to go prove them right. But like, you're no underdog now. No, you're not proving anybody wrong now. Now you're proving somebody right. And Virginia Tech's been in this spot enough times and not achieved it that I just can already hear the excuses coming out of the typical fans that we hear from that will this happen or this happen. But you can't do that when you're ranked first. When you're preseason first, it's put up or shut up. So it's time to go do it. And I don't want to hear how good you are until you live up to the expectations. Yes, Leland. (laughs) Feel the hate course through your veins. Feel the rage. I love it. I loved that rant. I just don't get it. I don't know what they have done. Yes. Yes. Oh. I mean, Bryce Perkins is a decent enough quarterback, but like, is he, is he, are you just like, I mean, is a, as a normal fan, not you, not Joe deck. Are you guys just saying (laughs) he's just that much better than Willis? Like he's Uh, just a mile ahead of Willis. I don't, I don't think he is. I haven't seen it out of him. Oh, just let the rage wash over you. I love it. And they have a lot of returning guys on defense. Well, so do we. So does Miami. UNC is young. They have a lot of young people coming back. Pittsburgh. I'd put Pittsburgh in the mix there. I really, I would have Miami, and because I'm biased, us, and then I'd have UVA, UNC, and Pitt all in this bubble that it could finish anywhere. And I think they all make bowl games, probably. Yeah. One of those teams is going to be on the line. The other two are going to be in. But that's the group I'll put it, put it in. I put us ahead of that group, but maybe I'm stupid put us in with that group but i still just don't put them first leland i loved it i loved it you have you're exactly right you didn't go too far in my opinion oh my gosh i i'm so proud of you right now um as rob likes to joke embrace the darkness this is the darkness and i love it it took an acc preseason prediction to get you there but i'm so happy you're there and let me say this. This is one of the reasons I don't like Fuente. This would have never happened under Frank Beamer. We would have never been picked behind UVA. It's disgusting. Uh, UVA is, as you said, has done nothing to warrant being picked to win the Coastal. Uh, in my mind, Miami is the best team in the Coastal. It's not even up for debate. I know they have a new coach. It doesn't matter. Miami has five-star players on the field when they step on the field. They've got a quarterback. Their backup quarterback is better than both UVA and Virginia Tech's starting quarterback, no matter who it is. So I, I don't understand what this conversation is. I get UVA's DBU. I can't wait till UVA's secondary gets <laughs> trashed this year. And I tag Mike Barber in a tweet saying, guess not. Um, it, it's it's the typical click, click here kind of headline and article. Uh, and UVA is going to get smoked. They're not good. I, I don't. They're well, okay. Let me take it back. Let me take that back. Let me step, let me walk that back a little bit. They're good. They're not winning the coastal good. They're not Miami. They're not us. And they're not Pitt. I would put Pitt ahead of them. North Carolina is the team I'm more worried about. I know they had a good recruiting class, but that's young players and they're not Alabama young. They're they're North Carolina. Where where do the ACC favorites or the ACC coastal favorites start at Pittsburgh? At Pittsburgh. Open at night. Oh my God. Could you imagine if they lose? Oh, wow. If they lose Leland, it's going to be magical. I'm going to love it. Then they get to paint the town orange and host William and Mary. I don't even know what that means, but they've, I mean, but yeah, okay. They'll probably win that game. This isn't the UVA that loses to William and Mary. I'm not going to put that on them, but that's not an ACC game. So I don't care. Versus Florida state. Who, who is just assuming UVA beats Florida state. Florida state's pretty bad. I'll give I mean, them we were State. we were thirty points better than them last year. Yeah, and we were horrible. and we were terrible. So maybe uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I'll give I'll give them Florida State. Then they play Old Dominion. Then they play at Notre Dame, which I guess isn't an ACC game. Yeah. Then they at Miami. Oh my gosh! <laughs> At the beginning of October, not November when Miami sucks. Oh, At the beginning of October. What if they're one and two? What if they start the conference one and two oh, on a Friday night at eight where things I, I just I'm disappointed that we'll be calling a game that night because I really want to watch Miami tear into that team. I just OK, then versus Duke. Hey, I'll give them that game. Yeah, they're Duke's the greatest at Louisville. That's a favorable uh, cross. They should be Louisville. Yeah. Louisville is going to be terrible. 
at North Carolina. One of the teams that I think they can't get past Man, is they're right on a there. Lot they of play road at games. Miami, yeah. they play at Pitt, and they play at North Carolina. Yeah, that's a lot of road games. I mean, I guess they might have a chance of having more UVA fans at the road games because I know they don't fill Scott Stadium. But still, they're playing. They have to go on the road. Georgia Tech is homecoming. Homecomings. It's not just one homecoming. It's homecomings. Per UVA's website, it's homecomings. <sighs> then they get Liberty late in the season, and then they play a team out of Blacksburg. They get them at home, where where Tech usually plays them tougher. I was going to say we usually play better at Scott Stadium because we don't have to deal with all the noise. sorry jeff (laughs) i just don't see it are we just assuming everybody what's the part what was the doomsday scenario last year where like the whole conference is uh like six and four or something or whatever Mm -hmm. the like six and four and they're all tied and it's like some crazy is that what they're banking on I don't know. Maybe Leland. I don't know. I don't know what the people were thinking when they made this prediction. I get Miami falls apart in November. I get that. I get that thought logic, even though we both just picked Miami to win the conference. But come they did on, win it two years ago. I think they'll win it again this year. They're already going to have lost to all those teams. Wow. They go on the road against everybody that's important. They get Georgia Tech at home, Louisville. No, at Louisville. Well, but Louisville's not good. What home games they have? Duke? Florida State. Florida State's the home game. They're horrible. Oh my gosh, Leland, this is wow. Again, I've never been I more proud of this podcast. It. I just I don't understand it, and it like I get I know I don't I wouldn't get it fired up if it wasn't UVA. If it was Pitt or UNC, there's no way I'm this fired up. But what have they done? What have they done? They lost to us last year. They were terrible. Jeff, if you're still listening, please provide your rebuttal below. But we'll take it. I mean, I'll listen to it. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're and going he did to a comment. Bowl game. They're he going did... to a bowl game. What did he say last week? I forget. Oh no, it wasn't last week. It's two weeks ago. We talked about it. He didn't like Dan Levitard, which is fine. Um, <laughs> this weekend, I don't think his boss did either. No. Uh, but you know, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, I hope I can live up to your rant with my big rant later. Uh, moving on to Virginia Tech, I agree with everything you said. Again, I've touched on it. I don't think EVA is going to win. I I think Miami will win the Coastal. I think it's ridiculous that Miami wasn't picked to win the Coastal. I, uh, whatever. Yeah, let's, let's whatever. those guys off. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but going on to Virginia Tech, it, it's no secret that I don't like Ryan Willis. I have said it numerous times. We have numerous intros talking about it. That being said, I have tried to wrap my head around what positive could come out of Ryan Willis being named the starter. I have come to this conclusion. If Ryan Willis actually has been working extremely hard, and if his chemistry with the wide receivers has actually improved, then I could see him having a good year. Yeah, great is out of the question. He's not a great quarterback. He's not winning the Maxwell Award, as as we discussed. He's not going to be conference, all conference, or anything. He could have a good year if his chemistry improves and he is a more accurate passer this year than he was last year. We have decent (sighs) offensive line coming back, so I think his running game will help him. Yeah, we got a lot of transfers coming in at the running back position and a lot of recruits, so hopefully that improves. Yeah. I like Again, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to be more open about it. I'm trying to be more positive. I, I made the argument on Twitter after last week's episode because I sat back and thought about everything you said. And I I made a good counterpoint to your to your point from the previous from usual Joe that we have an incumbent quarterback. I mean, yeah, he wasn't the starter to start last not... year, but he started the high majority of the games last year. And he's returning with that much experience. And if we can't just say he's the starter, then that's a problem. And then like we, we are, we're in bad shape at quarterback. So like I actually was agreeing with our worry about quarterback more so than I was displaying last week. But I, I just, he's another year experience, another summer working with these guys, just like you were saying relationship with the wide receivers. I, I, I have more hope than you do, but I always have, but I'm glad you're acknowledging there's a universe that exists that he could, you know, make that, you smile. That is the way I could see it happening. So I won't 
go as strong as last year and say there's a 0% chance he's good. I will say there is a, you know what? I'll give him 40% chance. I, I don't think, That's, but I'll 40% give him 40. positive is the most positive Joe I've ever heard. So. On Ryan Willis, yes. <laughs> yes. On the Orioles, I can get pretty positive. I can spin the Orioles however I Liverpool need to. Soccer and- Liverpool soccer. Liverpool <laughs> soccer, wow. What a magical, no, uh, we won't go into that right now. That's coming up <laughs> soon, though. I still, though, I have positive feelings about the opener. We do. I'm worried about that opener. We got hammered in that second half against Boston College. And I know Boston College lost some, but they didn't lose everything. They didn't lose everything. They kept their quarterback and they kept their running back. I thought the play calling was suspect in that second half. I I thought the play calling in the second half killed us. Uh, It was the one game where the running game or where the passing game was working. And naturally, you just don't go back to it ever. I I don't understand. I, I thought... It was banana bonkers. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't get why we did some of the things we did in that game. And again, you go in leading at halftime and then you come out just getting absolutely obliterated in the second half. And here's one thing I will say I don't want to see anymore. I don't want the camera on Fuente before the team goes in the locker room having that huddle because apparently what he's telling him is guys go choke in the second half because that's the only <laughs> thing this team ever did last year. All right. But I like him in this game. I like we've won every opener with Fuente, and that includes games against West Virginia and Florida State. I know Florida State ended up not being as good last year, but they win in that game. And if, if Florida State was decent last year, we're still in that ball game because we came out and played really well in that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've won every ACC game opener. Like every, every ACC game opener. to start the season that's an ACC matchup, we've won them all. In the history, since 2004, when we entered the ACC, we've won them all. The game, the openers we lose are those big games made for TV games. And even those, we usually play decently well at some point in the game. Boise State, we came out terrible, and then we fought. But Alabama games we've been in, Ohio State game was probably our worst. But most well, other games, okay, we, but we, we were, were winning we're that playing. game until Brewer broke his leg or whatever. Yeah. Whatever he broke. But I don't think it was his leg. I think it was his I arm. mean, I like having a summer to prepare for that first game. I, I think we generally do good. I think there's enough of our coaching staff that comes from the old that I do think it carries over a little bit. And then if you take in just the new, we've won every opener and then haven't been, I mean, who Boston college, are they better than West Virginia or Florida state? Yes. They're better than Florida state. Not when we, not with what we thought they were last year. Okay. But they are better. And we still came out at Florida state. We came ready to play at Florida state. Opponent aside, players in the field aside, we came ready to play and played a good game uh, at Florida State. Be ready for Boston College is all I can say. I mean, we should be. We better We better be. I think we will be is my answer. Because what won't make – if UVA loses to Pitt, the only thing that would make that less delicious is if we go out and lose to Boston College. Yeah. This won't be like when we lost to Alabama in basketball uh, a year ago when it, we just erased past it because UVA had lost his 16th seed. Hey, I slipped it in. <laughs> man jeff is definitely gonna stop listening to this podcast oh yeah this, he's pressed stop already okay um all right Leland, are you ready yeah i'm ready okay let's hear a rant all right now it's my turn um so i guess jmu football gotten the news for a bad reason a wide receiver riley stapleton got suspended three games when he pled no contest to false imprisonment charges which if you're like me and you're wondering what does that mean? Uh, Because originally when I saw that, I was like, what do you do? Like, lock somebody in a room? Basically. Um, Yeah. But the really troubling part is what happened before he blocked somebody in a room. Um, So, again, and this is all on WHSV, if you want to read more details than I'm willing to talk about on this podcast. I mean, it's details that are, uh, just to be technical, it's alleged details that he pled no contest to. So it's hard to view them as not real like yeah because he said i have no memory of the incident because of being quote blacked out um so again basically the only reason sexual assault wasn't committed was he was too drunk and she was thank goodness able to get away and so now i'm going to get to again he was suspended three games uh contrast that with a player that was kicked off the team kashawn moore uh, for violating an undisclosed team rule. Must have been one hell of a team rule if it uh, 
gets a more serious punishment than trying to sexually assault someone. And I guess where I'm going with this is I know I've made, you know, I have a darker sense of humor and I've made jokes saying, I don't care what my players do, just win the games. Um, and now that this real thing has happened, it's when you have to get real about this stuff. Um, I'm disgusted with James Madison University. I am disgusted with Jeff Bourne. And I am disgusted with Kurt Signetti. And I don't want to hear any more about the morals of James Madison University. I don't want to hear any more about the pride we have in the great people that we want our student athletes to be when this is the message you send. You and I very loudly criticized another university in Virginia, in Lynchburg, for hiring an athletic director that covered up sexual assault at Baylor and hiring a football coach who was involved in an escort service at, his previous, at their previous jobs. And I would still very much stand behind those comments. But what that means is then I also need to be willing to blast my own alum, uh, alum when they do the same thing. And again, JMU wants, to, uh, wants students to be the change. Well, James Madison University is holding up the status quo because it's a problem not only in athletics, but in colleges across the country in general. We don't take sexual assault seriously. And, we, and honestly, on that point, it's not just in the athletic department that... Oh, no, it's not just an athletic department thing. But this, this is horrible. This is horrible whenever you see it at any university that these kids skate. And I'm sick and tired of it. And Kashawn Moore should sue James Madison University for every single penny they have. Because I don't know what that team rule was, but Kurt said, I dare Kirk Signetti to look somebody in the face at a press conference and say that was worse than what Riley Stapleton did. And I know, right, uh, kids make mistakes. We don't want to punish a kid for the rest of his life for a mistake. Are we asking the girl how she feels? Or is it because the girl can't catch a touchdown on Saturday afternoons that we don't care? Because I am sick and tired of it. I will not go to a James Madison University football game this year. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not rooting for the team. But I can't sit there and root for that individual. And I cannot support Kurt Signetti if he thinks this is the right decision. I, again, I am disgusted with Kurt Signetti. I'm disgusted with Jeff Bourne and James Madison University. And President Alger should resign. It, this is disgusting. I, I don't know how you look at your students in the face and say, we care about student safety when this is the response to this kind of stuff. As you said, it's not just athletics. It's not just James Madison University. It's a society problem in this country. Oh, but and we I mean, see it. Bigger... We see it in the professionals. We see yeah. it. We see it in colleges. But they're and... making a big stand against it now too, where there is gray. Gray continues to be, but that these colleges got to lead, and you know that's the that's the young generation that's pushing the change in this. They really are. Uh, the Me Too movement is is a younger generation pushing that and sure older people are involved good and bad sides of these or, you know, victim, non-victim, um, or, uh, 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 victim or the person doing it, but it's the younger generation that's pushing this. So the colleges have to hold themselves to a higher standard. And I'm glad you called out our points on Liberty because that's exactly what I, we got to hold the same standard and I am with you a hundred percent on this. And I think my biggest point and why I interrupted you in middle of your rant is that JMU has had two others that I'm very aware of sexual assaults happen on that campus or around that campus that have gotten handled horribly. So it's not just the athletic department. And that's why I'm glad you called out the president of the university and not just Jeff Bourne, because it isn't just that athletic department at JMU that has this problem. There's something wrong at JMU with handling these topics. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen other places, but let's focus on the team that we're, that we care about. We both are JMU fans. You went there. I'm, I root for them every Saturday. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think there needs to be more of a movement of making sure that athletic department knows that, Hey, we all, we all loved Stapleton last year when he was catching touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Great. And, but that it's over. It's over. I'm not cheering for another one of his touchdowns. I, I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably not going to put my foot down and say I'm not going to a game this year. I'll see what happens when I get to a, a game opportunity. But I'm not cheering for Stapleton. I know that. I, I just can't. I can't bring myself to do it. It's to me, JMU is hypocritical on this again. Uh, you mentioned it. I know there was some going on, and there was some stuff in the papers when I was there. 
about you know being the change. When you were not, wrapping up, yep. Yeah, when yep. I was at JMU, being the change, not really what JMU actually wants. And this is another example. JMU doesn't want to be the change. JMU wants to portray that they're being the change. And this kind of behavior can't be tolerated. If JMU no. wants to consider itself a leader in in society and in academics and in athletics and whatever else they want to be a leader in, you can't treat sexual assault yeah. in this way. Let's and start I, with I know morality. what they're I know what they're going to say. It's false imprisonment. It's not sexual assault. Well, thank goodness he was too drunk to actually sexually assault someone, and thank goodness she was able to get away. And there were people at the party that allowed her to get away. And that's those are the people that should be commended. Because it should not be Riley Stapleton. He should not be getting cheers on Saturdays. He should not be getting just a three-game suspension. He should be off of this football team. And again, if Kurt Signetti can look at anyone in the face and say with a straight face that Kashawn Moore, whatever he did on his undisclosed team See, rule. that we, I, I don't even think that matters. I really don't. I really don't even think that matters. He should just be gone too. Stapleton should just be gone too. I don't think I don't care what Moore did. If it was bad enough to get off the team, he's off the team. But this shouldn't even be. Well, a but question. my point is, this shouldn't what, even be. What a is it? This, what is it that he did gone. that is not that is seen more horrible for the program than what Riley Stapleton did? Is my point. Yeah, I. If Riley Stapleton only know. gets three games, how can you look and say that guy's got to go? He's got to go. He's got to go. Period. I don't care. I don't care what's happened yesterday or what happens tomorrow. One of the things that happened tomorrow needs to be him off the team. I agree, Leland. And the, and the fact that he's not off the team again, and the reason I bring this up and I keep trying to tie it back to Kashawn Moore is because if you can say, if he can say Kashawn Moore's undisclosed team violation is worse than what Riley Stapleton did, then he goes. Then you look at Kurt Signetti and say, congratulations, you will not coach a game for James Madison University. And if that means your football team goes out and gets pantsed every week for a season because you're, you have an unstable head coach situation, then that's what it means. Because guess what? There are more important things than football. It's, he's got to start from the bottom. He's got to get kicked out, and he's got to go somewhere else if he wants to try to catch on and build himself back up. I don't even think do he belongs at James do, Madison but University. I, I don't care. Get him out of JMU. I don't even, yeah, forget about football. Yeah, I don't even think football. he belongs at the yeah. university. And again, JMU needs I to agree. take this kind of thing seriously. And, and until they do, I, I don't want to see any more be the change. I don't want to see any more... James Madison University, you know, we care about student safety. Uh, no, you don't. I, I don't care about what you say to the papers. I care about what you do in action. And covering up sexual assault is unfortunately an all-too-common thing at colleges across the country. And if JMU really wants to be the change, they should actually do something different and take a stand on this and get rid of Riley Stapleton from the university. Hey. I, I don't care I agree. for what the reason for keeping him is. I don't care if he's... Uh, Heisman Trophy candidate, you cut the kid. Um, there's no reason to keep him. It's disgusting. I agree. Let's go to baseball. Okay, Valley League baseball. Let's do it. Um, it's a hard transition, but there's nothing to argue about. Uh, in Valley League baseball, there's not much to argue about either. The Braves are sitting in the fourth spot. Uh, you think they're they're in, and I, I like that. Uh, they're up three and a half games, mostly because of the loss column on Harrisonburg. I don't know how Harrisonburg's going to get all those games in. Um, but Harrisonburg uh, only Braves, has three. But the uh, Braves will look like they would be facing Waynesboro in the first round because Waynesboro is the best team in the Valley League. They are the best team in the Valley League. They are clinching a playoff spot, and they will most likely be that one seed. Uh, Charlottesville still has a chance to catch them. Uh, but, yeah, Harrisonburg only has three games left. Stanton has, I believe, six. So, again, uh, they're playing tonight against Harrisonburg. Harrisonburg needs to win that game to have a chance of passing Stanton. Uh, they were winning that game last time I checked. Uh, but again, even if Stanton loses that game, just don't completely face plant and you'll be in the playoffs. They will be in the playoffs. The question is them and Covington are actually tied right now coming into tonight. So the question is, who's the three? Who's the two? Or excuse me, who's the three? Who's the four? Bad news. I don't think it matters. I don't think Stanton's beating Charlottesville or Waynesboro in the playoffs. Uh, but getting to the playoffs would be very important for Stanton. And you know what? If you get in, all you have to do is win two out of three. Crazier things have happened. I just don't, oh, yeah. those, I those just don't are crazy think it's yeah. going to happen. I, I look at Charlottesville. I look at Waynesboro. Those are two far superior teams in my, in my Considering opinion. the Braves can't beat any of those teams at all this season, I, yeah, I don't see how they're going to take two or three. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, seeing as they got swept by them, it would be hard to imagine they would find a way to win. But um, Turks and Braves are four, three in the bottom of the eighth as we're recording. Yeah. Coving. What was the score? Sorry. Four, three Turks leading. 
Well, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it they could be Covington, who took a twenty-three to five shellacking at the hands of Woodstock last night. So, <laughs> hey, Bocock, I, and that I, man, what bad. a rebound that team has had. I, I, but I'll do my plug for the 4D podcast. I like to do them for you. Uh, listen to last week's episode. Everybody listening to this. The interview with Bocock was great. Some good little baseball stuff in there. But his answers to the uh, Disney movie and the uh, favorite song, uh, it got a good reaction out of me. So make sure you guys listen to that. And uh, I was already a fan of Bocock, and uh, that just even helped. So 4D podcast, you can find it everywhere sports. you can hear us. You can hear them. Yep, 4D sports. Yep. Uh, we're on Twitter. Sometimes we comment on yak stuff when we don't mean to, but (laughs) (laughs) sometimes we get the Twitters confused, but it was on brand. So I went ahead and kept it. Uh, (laughs) speaking of on brand, let's move on to major league baseball. The Baltimore Orioles get their first season, uh, excuse me, their first series win against Boston since 2017. And it was delish a combined one hitter, um, unfortunately I had to jinx it and say a thing was happening and then the thing no longer happened. I blind, I gotta be honest though. I blame John Leonard of all things Valley league, which by the way, also, if you're interested in Valley league, great blog. Oh yeah. But, My goodness. Yeah. Uh, he got mad. I then deleted the tweet cause I was just so disgusted because I thought I had jinxed it. But then he said, did you delete the tweet that caused me to turn the game on only to see the no hitter? disappear the very next pitch and i was like so you didn't follow the instructions of the tweet which were a thing is happening whatever you're doing keep doing it hmm. so really it's his fault that uh we didn't get the no hitter against boston but blame him blame yeah him. that's that's what feels right in my heart so that's what yeah. i'm going to do but um, i mean joe doesn't do anything wrong so. no i don't <laughs> i am perfect yep um, the baltimore orioles uh, in a season that's going to be that you're really digging deep to find good things. That was a great thing. I loved it. I'm so happy. I blasted Orioles magic, uh, through the Bluetooth speaker after the game was over and sang it at the top of my lungs. I apologize to the neighbors, but it was worth it. It was so much fun. That was the first game Leland I have watched start to finish all season. That was a Baltimore Orioles Oh, game. wow. I, oh. I figured you at least had some in March when they mm. were actually playing good. April? No. Or April, March and April, yeah. No. Um, how many wins do they have to have next year for you to be satisfied? Wow, next year? I get I want to see where this year ends first. <laughs> Cuz we well, might be the around 30 or 40, I guess. Oh, come on, Leland. Come on, Leland. More than that. Come on. We're how 500 in our last 8 games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Nationals <laughs> on like a thirty and eight run, and you're like, it doesn't matter. Their bullpen's terrible, but the Orioles, you know, have we're to not win competing for anything. Games. Oh my goodness, we're not competing for anything. Um, you're four and six in the last ten, so <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Uh, the the Orioles will be, you know, wow. Okay, let's say we only win forty five games this year. I would like to see that win total. Get to get to the 50-55 neighborhood. Another hundred loss season is in our future, I feel like. At least one more. Past Ho- hopefully uh, next year. Yeah, hopefully only one more. No. Right, no, next year is hopefully the last hundred loss season, is what I'm saying. And then yeah, I next hope year we get... they're gonna lose hundred games again. Yeah, no, it's happening. So Sixty two wins. Will not happen. Whew. I just All right. Hey, you're in for the long haul. And I'm not, I, I'm not saying you should change. I'm just saying. I just want to build the farm system. That's what we're doing. We traded Andrew Kashner, who's still on the payroll. He pitched in that game on Sunday that we rocked him. Oh, man, we had like four homers off that guy. It was awesome. I loved it. I was like, man, How Andrew Kashner. Andrew Kashner. <laughs> we traded him to the Red Sox, and he's still playing for the Orioles. Gotta love him. He was horrible in his other start with Boston, too. So really, really diehard Oriole. Now we get to play uh, Adam Jones, former Oriole, this week with the Diamondbacks, and then we continue the West Coast trip with the Angels, which will suck. The Nats, 6-4. and four. They're still in a wild-card position, but they play the Rockies and the Dodgers, who are going to mash the Nats. If the Nats get out of this week with a positive record, will you give them an acknowledgement? I will start to worry that they might actually make the playoffs. Well, a team you don't have to worry about making the playoffs is my Pirates. They're 
terrible since the all-star break sell, and they sell, had a sell. good little run leading right into the all-star break but they lost their momentum yeah so uh it's it's over their their hopes are done um but that's i mean the ceiling for the pittsburgh pirates is like a wild card spot it seems like you know you have hopes of winning the division but it's just never there but uh they're they're not going to make it so they play the cardinals and at the mets i don't it doesn't matter they can they the can mets do well bad. this week it's not going to change it the mets are bad yeah yeah time to start. all right Let's get out of here. Let's get to the B block. Back here on the Yak Sports Podcast, and we are now joined by Coach Sean Moran of the Waynesboro Little Giants. And Coach, uh, thanks for uh, agreeing to do an interview with the Yak Sports Podcast. Yeah, sure. And so, um, you know, last year, uh, 0-10 results, obviously not what you wanted. Uh, what, if anything, are you doing different, or what are you really locking on to to try to get a different outcome this year? Yeah, um, you know, right now through the off season, you, we're just going through the process of trying to make sure we get the right guys on the bus, and you know, trying to build a foundation of you know hard work and you know earning things that um, you know throughout the time that you put in and the effort you put in throughout the off season. Uh, and I'm excited, you know, for the group of guys we got. We got a lot of young kids. Um, and the, the core group of, you know, 25-plus guys we've had working, if, you know, I think if, if put in 100% effort during the offseason, which is encouraging. Awesome. Uh, you, I've heard, um, I guess I don't know officially, but um, I thought I saw Coach McDaniels getting back involved, and I thought I had heard something about Coach Goforth, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, what kind of changes on your staff do you have going on uh, this offseason? Yeah, well, we've got uh, – we'll have six varsity coaches, including myself. Uh, Coach McDaniel's going to come back. Uh, he's going to work with their offensive line and the inside linebackers. Uh, Coach Go, uh, Goforth is going to come back. He's going to be our defensive coordinator. Um, and Coach Gray, uh, who was here in 2015 and 2016, he's going to come back as well, um, you know, kind of coordinate the special teams uh, and be our secondary coach and work with our, our wide receivers. Gotcha. Um Looking at uh, who you know you're going to have back and, and the guys that are putting in the work, you know, who are some of the leaders that you're expecting to step up for you this year and, and be the guys that you rely on? Yeah, you know, right now in the offseason, uh, you know, Damian Staten, he's been a three-year starter. I think uh, I just glanced, I want to say, we'll probably have seven returners coming back off of our team last year. So, um, you, know, you know, as we opened it, last year, it's a completely different team. Yeah. Um, completely different team. Uh, we have 15 sophomores. Uh, we have some freshmen that are, are going to be good football players uh, if they, you know, stick to the process of what needs to be done in order for that to happen. But uh, some of our leaders are probably going to be underclassmen. Um, you know, there's a freshman, Taylor Henderson, who's who's worked hard. Um, you know, Darius, Adam, those are all really young guys. But we're probably going to get some leadership from from some of our sophomore class. Great. You know, you're, you're hitting on a, on a topic. Uh, it was announced, uh, I guess, publicly recently that the JV team uh, wasn't going to compete this year and everybody be up on varsity. Um, you know, talk about what came to that decision, what led to that, and then, uh, you know, your approach going forward. I mean, I would very much assume you want a JV team back. That's right. going to help you. Uh, just talk about uh, what you're doing and efforts to hopefully get one back or your outlook and your uh, everything related to the JV team. Right. Um, so it, it's kind of a process that's been going on for the last couple of years, and, and we've kind of had some discussions about, the, unfortunately, this, this coming to the point where we didn't field a JV team. Um, you know, so we sat down. We've been looking at our numbers. Take We finished with 14 guys last year. Uh, we had to send down some sophomores in order to finish the season. So we kind of uh, finished what we started last year. You know, it was a difficult circumstance uh, finishing the season. Um, and our JV participation, we, we had had about eight kids in uh, throughout our off-season program, um, and it was looking like it, we were going to start uh, on paper with less kids than we did last year. Uh, we started camp last year with 17 kids. Uh, we got that number pushed up to about 26, and then attrition happened, and we got back down to really where we started from. So um, we want the kids to have a good experience with football, um, you know, numbers also have been uh, light in the quarterback club in Waynesboro um, for the last several years. And I think they want to, don't quote me, 13, 14-ish kids they finished with as okay. well. So the, the kids coming up, uh, the numbers were, were low. What we finished with were low. Um, and then we have 
right now I have three seniors that are involved in the program. I want to say upperclassmen, we're juniors and seniors, we're probably at around eight to nine kids. So um, in order for us to field a competitive varsity team, we need our freshmen. Yeah. And so there's just a lot of things that we're pointing towards. Uh, it really wasn't a decision. It was just dealing with the circumstances that were there. It's unfortunate um, that, that it that had to be cut. But, um, you know, for us to function and, and try, we wanted to put uh, as good a product as we could on the field. Um, and we felt like that having just a varsity team would, would be the answer to that in 2019. Hopefully moving forward, um, we can get some more kids to uh, – you know, buy into the process of what needs to, to take place to play football. We, we we educate our kids about what needs to go into it in the off season to prepare your body to play. Because yeah. as I tell my guys all the time, this is a collision sport. It's not a contact sport. And, um, you know, so we really try to get them, you know, in January involved if they're not playing another sport. I gotcha. I mean, it might, <laughs> this has been a topic on our podcast for the last year. There's been news articles. You hear about it plenty in the news on decreased number not only in football but in in a lot of sports i, I just wonder and it, it might be hard to separate yourself since you're in the brunt of dealing with this mm-hmm. what do you cite as the motivation for kids not to play for to choose other things and and or what do you think is pulling them away well you know i think what you got in your hand right there is one thing uh, you know, the cell phone and the ipad yeah, yeah. There, there's so much technology um there's so much stuff that can get their attention um, which is the technology is nice, but, you know, I think as a society, we're trying to deal with how it's affecting, you know, our quality of life. Um, there's a lot of good things that come from it. And, you know, there's some negative things. Uh, kids just aren't as active. Um, I actually, I, it was a Washington Post article, I think it was 2016. There was a study that said 70% of kids um, quit organized sports by the age of 13. Wow. And now I think, it's you catching know, up. Th- yeah. Th- now we're now we're dealing with the results of it. I don't think it's just football. Yeah. Um, here, just speaking for Waynesboro High School, our varsity basketball team didn't make any cuts. Varsity baseball team didn't make any cuts. So just getting kids to participate. Um, and then I, you know, by doing some research myself, you know, one of the things that, that, that people found out that kids just weren't having fun playing sports. And uh, you know, we want kids to have fun, but there's also there's certain work that goes into playing a sport too that you, you can't, you know, not be straightforward and honest with them. There is a lot of work that yeah. goes into it. And, you know, some kids just aren't willing to commit the time and the things that need to go into that sport to be, you know, successful. And then there's a lot of specializing, too. You know, yeah. not to give you a long answer, yeah. but a lot of kids just, yeah. they just play baseball, they just play football. And I think if you do your research, you'll find out that, you know, these a lot of college coaches and things like that, yeah. they want all – Oh, the best athlete I have on my team is a three-sport athlete yeah. right now. We just we're testing out, and uh, but unfortunately, kids are chasing scholarships. Parents are chasing scholarships, and <laughs> they feel like that the best thing is for their kid to play one sport. And uh, you know that's you know you do. Yeah, I don't I don't get that at all myself. Yeah. I and then on our podcast, I've talked about that regularly. Is mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense uh, to just specialize in, in one sport. I, I it just seems like you're gonna be a better athlete. If you are playing those other sports, testing your body in different ways, doing the demands of basketball or track or or anything, wrestling. So yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, uh, looking at your schedule this year, you guys stay in the Valley District. There was a little bit of talk about you guys maybe going to the Shenandoah, mm-hmm. but you guys stay in the Valley District. How do you think? Uh, what what do you see coming out of the Valley District this year, uh, and and your role in it? Yeah, I mean, I think on paper, you know. Spotswood and Harrisonburg will be the, the, the lead dogs on paper. Um, but, you know, that's why we play the game. You yeah. never know. Um, we'll see. Uh, some of the other schools, I, I don't really know. Uh, I know Fort, you know, they had a comeback year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Broadway's new coach. Um, so it's, you know, I think the rest of the district after that will be, you know, pretty much up for grabs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rock, and Rockbridge and TA, two other teams that, you know, <laughs> You know, there's a lot on paper saying they won't be even as as good as they were last year. They lost a lot of top talent. Uh, so I definitely agree with you there. Um, kind of the last football-related question before I get to the, the fun question. Mm-hmm. Um, what will need to happen in the next five months for you to have considered it a successful year of Waynesboro football? Yeah. Um, you know, I think what I tell my guys, you know, through the offseason and throughout the season is, you know, you, you come in every day, 
and, and give the team everything you've got. And, you know, if we do that, we'll be fine. Um, you know, this is a young group of kids. You know, we got to be patient with them. New team. Um, but, you know, I, I'm pretty optimistic about them. I think, you know, I, I know a lot of people are, are going to be saying, oh, I go Waynesboro, you know, but I, I, I think these kids are – they're hungry. Um, and and we don't have a lot of people out there, but the ones we do, I, I think we got the right guys in place this year, which is which is good. But as long as they come in and, and they can lay their head on the pillow and say that I've given everything I had, and that to me, that's being successful. Well, that's a great answer, Coach. All right, uh, on our podcast, we uh, usually try to end things a little more fun. Uh, I know you're football coach and committed to your job and coaching and 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 school here, but when you do get some downtime, what what are you turning on the TV? What's what's like a binge show that you've done recently or that you or you like in general? What what recommendation on Netflix do you have for us? Uh, well, I don't watch <laughs> Netflix. Uh, my TV's usually on. ESPN, yeah. so I'm catching some kind of game. But uh, the only show I actually watch is a show called Yellowstone. I don't yeah, ever seen yeah. It. we just actually talked about it two weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. I kind of like that. So I've been watching that. I'm on season two, so that's the only show I watch. Well, I, I have to say it's a good recommendation since I just made that two weeks ago. So that's uh, that's good to know. And, Coach, we appreciate you coming on with us and uh, answer, answering everything we got, and we are, we are rooting for you this season. Yeah, thanks for talking about Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay, Leland, it's now time for the D-Block. D-Block! Um, where we talk about what's dominating our life and what we know that you need to know. Uh, I'll go ahead and take this one first. Uh, what is right. dominating my life? Because we started late today, it actually worked out good because I could finish season two of GLOW on Netflix, which if you're not familiar with GLOW, stands for The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's a show, uh, what is it? Allison Bree stars in it, I think. Um, but it's about a show that takes place in the 70s, 80s, 80s, 80s. Uh, and it's about this women's wrestling show. It's these actresses struggling to make ends meet, and they start a wrestling show. Season one is, you know, more laughs than dark times. Season two, there are a couple dark episodes. But episode eight of season two, you need to watch everything up to it, or there's going to be some stuff that doesn't make sense. But s- episode eight of season two is from the aspect that you are just sitting on your couch and you're actually watching this show as they like air it. You see all the side stories, which you don't normally see play out on the show. And it's hilarious. I laughed out loud numerous times watching this show. It is really funny. It's really light. There are a couple of moments where it is, unless you don't have emotions, then, you know, I guess you have a heart of stone and you won't feel anything. But there are a couple moments that tug at the heartstrings. There are a couple you know, tough topics to talk about that they talk about. Um, and I think overall, it's a really good show. I recommend it. It's hmm. funny. Even if you don't like wrestling. Um, yeah. You worried me with the wrestling talk, but then when it wasn't like a reality, no, 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 show, it's not a reality it show. It's show. Yeah. It's a, like, I, I'm, it's a I'm comedy male. season three yeah. is coming out August 9th. So I just learned that tonight. So I can't wait for that. Um, Jackson, but Jackson. yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's a really funny show. In fact, in the season two finale, there is a line where one of the guys says, this is fake, just like wrestling. And everyone in the audience and the wrestlers all boo him. There are a couple of not safe for podcast words used. Um, and again, I just busted out laughing because I was like, this is actually what would happen at a wrestling show if someone stood up and said that. <laughs> all right. I might uh, I might venture out to that at some point. It, it sounds more interesting than I probably would have thought it was going to be. Uh, what is dominating my life? You know, I'm, I have the note written here to talk about Angels in the Outfield because I showed that to my kids recently, and that's, a you know, my childhood there. You know, a movie from, like, 92, um, and it's the Angels, and it's uh, – what's great about it is all these actors that are on the front side of their careers, other than Danny Glover, um, sure. who are in that movie. You have um, uh, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is the future yeah. Robin from Batman. I forget uh, about so, him. He is the man. He's the kid. He's awesome. And he has a, his good buddy, uh, too, uh, which is a good actor but uh, for the movie, but he's, he doesn't go on to anything. But Matthew McConaughey's a baseball player. Um, uh, oh, I've lost his name off the top of my head. The guy that I was saying a f- two weeks ago, he was a good bad guy in Justified. Neil McDonough 
who was a bad guy on Justified, who was now a bad guy on, or a guy on uh, Yellowstone. He yes, is yes, like the yes. goofy baseball pitcher who yes. is just dumb as a box of rocks. He's the, one of those guys. You have a young Adrian Brody in it. Um, it's really good. The pigeon lady from Home Alone 2. And then, of course, <laughs> you have, I don't, sorry, I don't know her real name. And then you have Danny Glover. Uh, and I just, my kids who are, I mean, as, as much as it breaks my heart, they're not into baseball. I take them to games and they could care less about the baseball game. We have it on the TV here once in a while. They do not care. They love it. They like, I, I, she started watching. She's like, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. And then she's loving it. And she was getting into it. And when they're on the winning streak, you know, as every baseball movie has the montage of winning streak, Mm -hmm. uh, she loved it. So even the next night when she's like, can we watch that movie we watched last night? It was the one of the better feelings as a dad. So I just wanted to talk about that because it was awesome. I do this with other movies. There's been a lot of other movies that I showed her. We watched Sandlot like a year ago. I think she was still a little young for to really enjoy it, but she liked it. We're going to try it again. Uh, Jurassic Park she loves. Twister is like her favorite movie. So like I love showing her these movies from my when she's ready for him from my childhood yeah, twister. Jurassic I might've, uh, I might've raced, raced her to the finish line there if she was ready or not, but she handled it, but love them. And it's like the, one of the better things of being a dad is showing old movies from when I was a kid to my kids. Yeah. Angels. Yeah. I feel too good. I haven't seen that in a long time. I need to watch. Oh, it, it was good. I really it's, enjoyed watching it. Wow. Listen, to all those actors. I can't believe I so many people were in there, by the way, you did a quick drop of Yellowstone. You were right about Yellowstone, by the way, super dark, super good. Um, but, yeah, Angels in the Outfield. Wow. Yeah. The flapping of the arms. I don't, my oh, brother yeah. and I do that all the time, even when we're not rooting for the Angels. Like, just anything. Like, when you need to believe. <laughs> like, you oh, just yeah. flap the arms. We do that all the time. It's fun. It's a good movie. I love it. There is. A lot of good lines. All right. What do you know that we need to know? Uh, Disney live-action movies. Everybody was requesting. I had to say, you know, what I thought of Lion uh the new Lion King, and I will talk about live action movies in general. Uh, we went to the new Lion King, had a mm-hmm. great time at Hull's Drive-In. It's never a bad time. And um, I really enjoyed the movie. And um, I thought it was good. If you want to like it, you're going to like it. If you're a critic and want to tear it apart and just be the, the anti-movie that's going to make millions and millions of dollars this weekend, then you can write some review that you don't like it. But I, it was good. The kids liked it. I liked it. It hit all the right tones from the old movie. Honestly, this is probably more of just a remake than the other uh, live action remakes have been where it's basically, and we joked about this last weekend, it's just a, a new way of animated movie. And it's, and it's a lot of the same exact storyline positions. Heck, even some of the same camera views of action happening. They really just recreated it with a different type of animation, with CGI now. So it, it was cool in a lot of sense to really throw you back, because we do watch the old movie all the time with the kids. It, it was, a lot of it is exactly the same. The storyline goes the same. The same conversations are had. There's some new jokes, mostly with Pumbaa and Timon. Uh, there's They did a really good job with Pumbaa and Timon, really like you're expecting the joke, and then it's different, and they play on that. Like There's some acknowledgement that you know the joke they're about to say, and they switch it up. But it's really good. Um, the uh, in the jungle that is superior in this movie. It, it's not just Pumbaa and Timon, and it builds with other animals coming in um, and other other characters like Chance the Rapper is one of them, and all this like it really uses those people well. So I, that was really cool. Um, but yeah, it was good. I really liked it. But di- these live action remakes in general. I think they're worth our time. And I think people like I, when I was reading one of the reviews, people were like, why do we keep doing this? Why do they keep remaking this? You know why? Because the, the movie studios like money. They yeah. want the 30 to 40 year olds that grew up on these films to say, Oh, I want to watch this. Oh, and Hey, I want to share this with my kid going back to my last topic of watching angels in the outfield. If they remake angels in the outfield, guess what? I'm going to take my kid to the movie theater and watch it. That's what they're doing with all these Disney remakes. So, I, I like them in general. I didn't love Aladdin, which was the second movie of the double uh, feature at the drive-in. It was fine. It was it was a good movie. I get why people like it. I much prefer the animated original um, myself. And with The Lion King, I don't know if I would say I much prefer the animated original. I really like this new one. I probably still do like the old one better. 
but I would give this one a lot of time. I could probably not watch that Aladdin again and probably be fine with my life. And I'm not saying it was bad. I think it's, it's worth a watch, but like, I just didn't dig it. I looked at this list and it broke down all the animated uh, remakes. And I think they kind of nailed a lot of them. I think Lion King was too low on the list, but they had Cinderella as number one. And I assume you haven't seen that. I forgot they did that. That was the best one because it's awesome. Like it, it, it's okay. done really well. And I think Cinderella is the easiest one to do live action yeah. and do it well with. I haven't um, seen that. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, the bottom of the list, because I guess there's been 11 of them, Alice in Wonderland and Alice looking through the line. Those are the bottoms. That's fine. I never seen them. I had no, the yeah. commercials scared me away from those. Yeah. Um, but they have Cinderella number one. And I completely agree. They have 101 Dalmatians, which that's 1996. Yeah, I got to go back and watch remake. that. I don't think I've ever seen the live action version of that. I've only I've watched the animated we, one. We have it on DVR and we, I've seen it. They're doing a Cruella de Vil. Yeah. Oh man, I'm excited. The cartoon for that. 101 Dalmatians is still very much superior to uh, okay. that live action one. I don't one. need to see it. All right. Next. They had Jungle Book higher. I didn't Ooh, love yeah. Jungle Book. I like the cartoon a lot. Yeah. They have Maleficent, which I don't even know what they really. I mean, I guess it's the Sleeping Beauty remade. And then they had Lion King number five. I think if you have Lion King in the top five, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'll retweet this link in case anybody wants to argue about stuff. They had Beauty and the Beast at seven. Um, See, I you're more higher. I like I really like the Beauty and the Beast cartoon when I was young. Yeah. And I didn't dig the new one, but I probably liked it better than Aladdin. See, I like Beauty and the Beast, the remake and the and the original animated one. And I loved Maleficent. I thought Maleficent was great. Um, I haven't seen Lion King yet. My concerns with Lion King. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to watch it eventually. I don't know if it'll be in theaters, but I'll eventually watch it. Uh, is I'm worried that the animals will look weird. It's okay. Weird no, it, when it they're works. singing. No, is it? And, it works okay. You have to accept it, it a little bit. I'm not asking it's for any spoilers. You've already told me it's basically a shot-for-shot shot remake or a draw-for-draw draw remake. It's um, towards that. It's definitely towards that. Yes or no? Is the song Be Prepared in the movie? Um. Yes. It is? Because I read it wasn't. It's like the one where like, it's like redone. I think it's like uh, the lyrics are a bit different. I'm pretty sure it is. It's like the negative one in the cartoon. It's where it's like Soviet Russia or whatever. Yeah, and I loved it. Yeah, they seen something in that spot. It's different. Oh, that's going to make or break this movie. I'm not going to lie. If that's the one thing they change. That song was so great. The problem with that, I don't, you know, spoiler alert. I, um, I don't, that coming together of scar and the hyenas in the cartoon is a little more existing before beforehand than this is in the live action. It kind of comes together right then. There's not a existing relationship between scar and the hyenas. So it changes that song a little bit, man, be prepared. Cause it's more Low of like key, a, a most underrated Disney song. Be prepared. <sighs> that's, that's something to hang your head on, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's just a good song. And if you haven't listened to it in a while, YouTube it, it's on there. Just, oh, wow, such a good song. I mean, look, is it the Circle of Life? No. Is it the intro song? Mm, probably not. Yeah, probably not. And I'm going to stop you there. Um, <laughs> but probably not. But depending on what day it is, there are days I like to be prepared more than that. I don't know if it'll ever be, you know, better than uh, Circle of Life. And then, um, God, didn't he put Can You Feel the Love Tonight in there, too? I, did they even have that in this one? But didn't I can't he, remember, Didn't man. he put that in the original Lion King, the animated one? Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Yeah. Is that in Lion King? No or am doubt I making it's in the up? original one, in okay. the original cartoon. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, then you're not beating those two. I question if it's in the second one, because I think uh, where Disney might have gotten some flack in the first one for what all's going on during that song, um, oh the the this animated version didn't uh, didn't dig in quite the same. So, I love that song though. 
that song, Circle of Life. I like Elton John. He's a good singer. Oh, they ha- they definitely have it because Beyonce sings in this one. Sorry. It's different because Beyonce, it's like a duet. Okay. I think the... Okay. I thought a woman sang in The Lion King. Well, Beyonce one, sings but... in this one, so... Okay. That's fine. I don't... I just want the song to be in there. Just like be prepared and don't change. Be prepared. If you did Disney change it before I, I go. They see had it. to because the coming into uh, it, it's more care. of like a selling them song instead of a ordering them song. It needs to be ordered. I like the, and I know you can't do it because you've gone with realistic CGI or whatever. So you can't do the goose stepping that the hyenas are doing, but I loved that. Oh, as man, much as we talked about our two big rants at the beginning of the episode, uh, we've talked longer, I think about Lion King. I don't know about longer because you had a pretty long rant there on. I think we're giving the audience what they want, though. I think after the negative that we brought them in the in the A block, this is going to be good. Yeah, Jeff is going to hate it, but then again, Jeff probably (laughs) shut it off when we made fun of Jeff shut this off so long ago. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. I'll agree with you on Jungle Book. I haven't seen Aladdin yet. Uh, Christopher Robin was eight on this list. Wow, Christopher Robin tugged at the heartstrings. But was it was it great? No. Was it a remake? Like, was it? It's I, not a remake. It's just poo in real life. I put that life. more as like Mary Poppins Returns. Like, mm, it's a it's a revisiting it's just, of the story yeah, characters with exactly. live action. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I would agree with that. Um, I just I thought Ewan Ewan McGregor was good in it, and God, Pooh was so funny. And Eeyore, I have to see it. Actually, I really haven't seen it. Oh, it's on Netflix, Leland. Watch yeah. it. It's really good. Eeyore. Secret star of the show, movie. Well, whatever. He is. He's always. He's that. He's hilarious. He's the Kevin Malone. We. That's what we got. All right. Now it's time to talk about. Oh yeah. And that's a perfect analogy, and you just skate past it. That's I fine. did. What I know that you need to know. Um, almost forgot. I do miss football, despite all this Disney talk. I do miss football, and I miss football. Have, um, okay, just to because I, I got to know. Is this topic coming up because you're seeing like the top 20 games on ESPNU and you're actually like sitting and watching them? It's exactly me too. Yeah. Like there's live baseball games on and I'm like going over and watching, you know, Auburn and Florida play football from last fall. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great for me. Um, it's not a great use of my time, but <laughs> I, I miss it. I'm excited that it's coming back. Uh, the NFL remains to be seen. I don't know what the Ravens are going to do. But whether Virginia Tech's good or not, I do typically watch college football a lot. Um, Like, you're a closet Gap fan, as you call yourself. I guess I've become a closet Georgia fan because the neighbor downstairs, the neighbor downstairs is from Georgia. He's a super nice dude. Uh, And his wife and two-year-old always let me come down and watch games with him. So that's a big plus. My interaction with the Georgia fans when we played them in the Georgia Dome for the uh, Chick-fil-A Bowl was not the best interaction. So I've just never been one to cheer for Georgia. I like Georgia. And I'm sorry, but your misdirected hatred needs to be directed towards Sean Glennon. That kid sucked. Um, (laughs) I got plenty of that. I don't need to (laughs) redirect any hate that way. But... um, (laughs) I just... I miss it. I talked to that guy on Bourbon Street and tried to tell him how awesome he was going to be. He, he didn't turn out to be awesome. You liar. Uh, no, I, I talked to him on Bourbon Street after I'm that not saying that didn't happen. Auburn, I'm saying said, you it, lied to him. It's up to him. you to be good. Now, I can remember my actions that night, even though I was uh, skating towards not knowing what I was doing. But I talked to Sean Glennon that night. I'm not saying that's the not true part. I'm saying you telling him he was going to be good is the not true oh, part. Oh, I did. I did. I told him because that was when we knew Marcus Vick was coming. And I was like, you got to beat him out. I was like, you just need to ignore that that he's even coming, and you got to beat him out. And in my mind was, if he's beating out Marcus Vick, then we're just good. we're great, you know, because we just thought Marcus Vick was going to be just like his brother. That kid's no bad. doubt. That kid was bad. Um, yeah, but he was he wasn't bad at football. He was bad at life, and that's that's what ruined that kid. Well, Marcus Vick, yeah, Sean Glenn was just bad at football, but oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but his brother, we didn't miss out either, so. But I miss I miss American football and I miss soccer. I'm seeing all these posts because they're getting ready to start their season in August too. I'm seeing all these posts about you know Liverpool's over here in America playing games. They were over at Fenway. They were over at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, not a lot of big splash signings for Liverpool this year, but that's fine. Um, and I just miss it. Like the Women's World Cup got enough of a fix for me to watch, and uh, I love rooting for Team USA no matter what it is. Uh, and 
now I just, I need it. I need Liverpool and I need them to be good because I have a feeling the Ravens aren't going to be good. So I have a feeling I'm not going to look forward to Sundays unless Liverpool's playing. And I just, I need it. Okay. Well, it's coming. I need it. It's coming. Okay. Nothing's going to get in the way. What I know that you need to know is I need it. All right. Okay. I'll make sure you get it. Thank you. There you go. All right, let's get out of here. It's been a great episode. Rants from both directions, and uh, we're getting ready for the for the football. So we're just going to start teeing up each and every week, trying to get us ready for this football season that's coming. We also have some fun planned ahead as we're going to hit our one-year mark, so make sure you're listening to that. So that's the time to remind you to subscribe on Podbean, on Apple, on Google, or on Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss our fun episodes coming up and other rants that – uh, Joe obviously will have, or me, if something just hits me right. And uh, hopefully make sure you're less following serious us. topics. Yeah. 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 Hopefully we get away from the, the serious JMU ones. Uh, anyway, Twitter, Facebook, email, email at yak sports pod. will get you what you need on all those. The email is at gmail.com. So at yak sports pod is going to get you what you need. And uh, like I said, subscribe, tell your friends, and we'll be back next week with more of your Augusta County sports. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.